0: Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries, here to tell you how they built their brands. Welcome to the second episode of the 24 Stories podcast. Thanks a million to everyone who listened in last week to my interview with Shane Long from the Francis Kim Well blown away by the feedback it's absolutely phenomenal and and all the listens and it was great to see it in the charts and shame is blown away by some of the messages he received as well so thanks very much for listening and also a big thanks to this week's show sponsor itrolley.ie who have come on board to sponsor this episode itrolley is an online marketplace that offers thousands of products and a broad range of services and they're down a little island and you can find out more about them on itrolley.ie moving on to this week fascinating guest It's a business that I've been kind of keeping an eye on because not that I'm into ladies fashion or anything, (laughs) but I've been kind of really kind of keeping an eye on on, on a business from Charleville that seems to be getting bigger and bigger all of the time. And my guest is Maeve Dennehy with two hats on, the first hat being Love Cherish and the second one being a brand new brand called Oh Molly.
1: Hi Stephen, how are you? Not too bad
0: at all. Welcome to the show. I'm going to go backwards before we go go forward because I know there's an exciting kind of road ahead for you with, with the new brand, but... I want to find out back in, is it 2012? Yeah. How did you go from working in HR to owning a shop?
1: So I suppose before, say, in my previous role, I worked in a company called Healthcare 21. I worked there for seven years. Before that, I had been traveling and done lots of customer service roles and all that kind of stuff. In Healthcare 21, I went in as customer service. I became customer service manager. I went and studied HR. I became HR manager. They bought an engineering company, asked me to become the service manager. I'd done loads of different roles there. Loved it. Fantastic company to work for, like, um, absolutely loved it. And then I had moved to Charleville. Obviously, I'm from Cork City. Huge change for me. Um, Similar
0: accent to mine, so <laughs> anybody outside, we can't do <laughs> subtitles on a podcast, but, you know, but hopefully they'll understand. It'll
1: be recalled, the two Norries. But I I suppose I used to buy a top. I'd run down to Blackpool or run down to, into town and buy a top for a Saturday night. And I could see in Charleville that wasn't there. Like it's a busy, busy town. That yeah. I and like there was a market there for somewhere just to pick up a piece to go out the weekend. And you know, most women we do that. Like, yeah, I saw a market there, and I just thought, why not try? Like, basically. So I saw a unit up for rent and literally called into them and said, you know, what would the rental agreement be? They gave me a very fair agreement, short term lease. And I just went to my job and said, I'm thinking of leaving. And, you know, is there anything you do for me? They agreed if I stayed for a certain time period, they'd give me, um, I suppose, a small fee to say thanks. And that yeah. was my start up fund. And it just took off from there. It must have been scary though, it? was, was it? very, very scary. And you know what? I think I was younger. I was a bit more innocent. Um, definitely naive. Um, just fully believed that it would work for some reason. I suppose as well, kind of background story. My sister would have been six years older than me and she was sick at the time and had gone through cancer from okay. age 29. And I suppose that always kind of gives you a different perspective on things like life is short. you know what I mean? Yeah. Stephen supported me, my husband. We didn't have much money, but we had a small mortgage and we just said, let's just try it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I do consider myself highly employable. I'd work at anything. I was like I'll get a job. Let's just try it. So we did.
0: It was kind of chasing a dream so in many ways.
1: Basically, yeah. Like I'd be lying if I said it was my dream all my life, but I suppose I've worked in so many different mm. departments over the years and like I understand the workings of a business and just thought like let's let's try this and see where we can go with it. Um we started by putting out teasers on Facebook at the time and it really took off. I don't know. It just it just seemed to gain momentum pretty quickly from there. How did the
0: locals feel? Because obviously you were this person coming yeah. from the city. Yeah. You know, Charleville is what, kind of 40 minutes, kind yeah. of 50 minutes. away. Yeah, we're it. really y- from Yeah, with all the traffic. <laughs> um, really, how did they feel about someone coming down and, and setting up a shop? What was the feeling? Do
1: you know what? I am a very friendly person. Like yeah. I get on with most people. My husband plays Hurling with Ballyhay, not with Charleville. So Hay were very much behind me and that I would have known all of them by then. Okay. Um, But I have to say, like the benefits of opening in a small town, first of all, your rent and rates are a lot, yeah. lot lower than they would be in the city. I'm not sure I could have the size business I now have in the city. But also like... If, say, the night before I was due to open, the signage guy hadn't put up my sign. So somebody came along with a crane and did it for me, a neighbour. the There was a problem with the visa line. Again, somebody knew somebody that worked in Aircom. He came in and fixed it for me. So really, people got behind me. Do you know, it's a town where people do. They're just, they're kind of proud of it, I suppose. Do you know that kind of way? And so I have the shop nine years now. I'd love another business to open now, you know. We kind of love any bit that creates a buzz in the area, you know.
0: And it's kind of supportive. And of course, yeah. it creates jobs in the area and yeah, stuff as exactly, well. exactly, like when you were setting it up, Mm -hmm. like what was the steps involved? Like you said you went and you you inquired about leasing the building. Mm -hmm. How did you get the stock?
1: Like for me, it was like, okay, what labels do I love? What have I come across over the years that I liked? And I had pieces in my wardrobe and I literally go on Google, Google that label, see if they had suppliers in Ireland. Most of them would have an agent in Ireland. Contact the agent. Some of them you're not able to get because they'd be tied down to a certain radius with another... Um, shop or whatever it might be um, a lot of them would be forward orders so you're ordering a year in advance mm-hmm. um, but the ones that would sell me some stock I didn't have much money I bought in the labels that I could I probably started with about five brands didn't have spare stock in my stock room it was a case of sell it and buy more I bought my mannequins in Dundee I decorated the shop myself we just did it all ourselves basically to be honest with you um, now I probably do Jesus I'd say 25 or more brands um, and I do a lot more forward ordering, obviously, because I'm more comfortable. Yeah. You do get more of a selection when you're willing to place the order, you know, obviously, for their production process. But yeah, and just grew from there. You'd, I suppose now I'm at a stage where if there's a new brand in Ireland, the agents would know me and they'd contact me. Whereas back then I had to go and look for them. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You can easily swan off to Paris if you want or, or to the UK and go to all these exhibitions. But I didn't have the money for that. Do you know what I mean? So just literally look for brands and then Google them and see if I could get them.
0: But 2012...
1: Recession. We were still in a recession Yeah we were <laughs> But there was benefits of that Okay We were in recession So suppliers didn't have as many people contacting okay, them yeah. They were more willing to talk to me I was able to negotiate more for stock That they currently had in stock I was able to negotiate more on the rent Again it was just hand to mouth All I needed to do was pay my bills Do you know what I mean I, I wasn't looking to make a wage at the start Or anything like that So it was just a case of Keep building on what I had Gradually and gradually and And I did that
0: Were you conscious of price though when you opened?
1: Oh, massively so. My target was always to be good quality but affordable. That was always what I was aiming at. I didn't want cheap that you could throw in the bin and disposable clothes. I didn't want high-end. I felt that was already covered. There's a boutique down that does fabulous high-end stuff. I just wanted that middle of the road where you were willing to spend a certain amount but you expected good quality for it and that's what my target market was. At the time, I suppose, a dress would have been about €70 and a top about 40 or 50 So you'd buy it. I won't say without thinking about it but you'd buy it and you'd buy again, you know?
0: I remember around that time, mm-hmm. so if I if I go back to then, I think there was a lot of middle of the road shops went. High street retailers. It's yeah. a bit like recently, you know, where we seen Debenhams but mm-hmm. back then, if I'm right, mm-hmm. A where Sasha Yeah, you're right, yeah. A lot of those brands were in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because they probably didn't know what side of the market to go to. So mm-hmm. you were going for that. like Middle, good was
1: what I'd call it. Good yeah. value. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going for. And I do think I achieved that. But also, I suppose we were on Facebook. Social media was a, has, is such a huge part of my business. And at the time, we were on Facebook. We were actually called Cherish when we opened. And when we went to set up Facebook, it was love, cherish is all we could get. Okay. We wanted a positive kind of yeah. a word, you know. So we went with love, cherish. And it got to the stage, you know yourself, you drive to Charlieville quite regularly yeah. if you're going anywhere up along Galway direction or Limerick. And um, people would literally call in and be like, are you Love Cherish? To the point where I had to rebrand. Like, I think it was 2014, we rebranded the whole thing as Love Cherish. A friend of mine that I used to work with in Helga 21 came down one day and I asked her, could I take pictures of her in the clothes? Mm. And that became a thing. Claire came down every week and we showed the pictures, I suppose, on a real person. Yeah. I would try them on myself in the mirror, which sounds so simple, but it gained traction. People were enjoying seeing the content of seeing it on real people, you know, and that's still kind of the core of of all of our social media.
0: Where did the Cherish name come from? Where did
1: I just liked the word Cherish. I thought it was a loving name for a shop and now it's Love Cherish. Still, I, to me, doesn't make 100% sense, but that's the name yeah. and it's, it's it's grown so much that so, that will always be the name. Yeah, so
0: people will say, yeah, Love Cherish, so yeah. I love that brand. Yeah. Like when you open the door, how did you tell people? Was it just straight up were you on Facebook beforehand? Before
1: or? I opened. So before I opened I had a little teaser on Facebook about opening and without saying what it was we had a giant poster on the window of the shop so people couldn't see in and they were curious as to what was coming and then we did literally did a soft opening myself and my sister just opened the doors one day Because obviously I had no retail experience, you know, I've worked in bars and all that. So I've worked on tills, but I didn't have retail experience. So myself and my sister just literally opened the doors one day. And then in the November, we had an official launch party, you know, and there was a a huge response and we had a great day. And, you know, it was a tough couple of months of, you know, trying to get more stock in and all the rest of it. So we opened in September 2012. But on March 2013, my sister passed away. So she was in Marymount kind of for six weeks before that. So I suppose I had a new business. I had nobody working for me and it was it was a nightmare at the time trying to manage it all. So my mother-in-law would cover for me and um, one day a girl walked in with her CV off the street and I just said, tell her start. I don't care who she is. She thought she was a nice girl. That's Sharon and she still works with me today. And then I suppose where I was going with that was the September of 2013. I wanted to do something for Marymount. So for the, we call it the birthday party of the shop. We did a fundraiser for Marymount. I think we raised 8000 that day. So it was really, really busy and I think our whole business is about the brand story and who we are and everything and since then anytime we have a birthday party we do a fundraiser or anything we do we link in with Marymount and we've raised like 66,000 from Marymount to date and part of the O'Malley brand will be for that so I suppose that in itself gained a lot of again publicity but it gained exactly. the
0: traction it was a story but it was it was a, it was a tough story I it mean. was
1: it was a tough story but we were t- trying to turn it into something positive and something good and yeah. it, it just became that over time you know it was it was fantastic how much people wanted to get involved and help out, and they're they're still my customers now. You know, I still know them. Like,
0: so you were only six months in, and and you lost your sister. How did you keep going?
1: To be honest, that's how I kept going. I threw myself into my business. I was absolutely consumed with my business, like, and I like that's I'm a worker anyway. Like, I'm not a person to sit around yeah. doing nothing. And so it just became my whole thing. I wanted to make her proud, and just, you know, and then I suppose when I realized that I raised that eight thousand from very much, I realized that. I had a platform there and something I could work with over the mm. years. Um, and then I suppose we did get a really good break. I think it was 2015 that we won um, an award on Expose. I could never have oh. afforded to go on Expose, yeah. obviously. The business had grown grown steadily. I think we had three or four on the team at the time. And um, I was away in London with my husband for the weekend. And I was getting loads of texts from people saying, you're on TV3 and sending me pictures. Basically, long story short, Expose did um, awards called Frock Advisor Awards. They were looking for boutiques around the country and it was a public vote which is unusual nowadays. It's always pay for advertising, you get nominated kind of thing, you know. This was genuinely a public vote and we ended up being voted for the best occasion wear boutique in the country. So I went and celebrated Madden London for the weekend and couldn't believe it and thought that would be the end of it but we went on to win it. So it was just like... Pardon the pun, but the exposure that we got from that.
0: In the space it of it, three years, was it three, three to four years? Yeah, I
1: could have never afforded that. Like yeah. we were on expose a number of times. I got to go up and be interviewed on the expose couch. You know, they showed clothes from our shop numerous times. Um, Sonny Lennon yeah. came to my store with the expose film crew oh. and um, did an interview in store in Charleville. You know, it was just the momentum that that gained was it was just huge. You know, it was it was the biggest thing I could have ever achieved. We got so busy. People were driving to the boutique from everywhere like customers we'd never had before. And um, we moved to a bigger boutique. And then that year we got a phone call like from Gok Wan's team. Whoa. They rang the shop one day. I thought the girls were winding me off. They were like, like Sharon was literally screaming at me like Gok is on the phone. No, it wasn't him. Somebody was, belonged to him. <laughs> it was the secretary asking he was doing an event in Cork at the time. Yeah. Would we show clothes at it? Like again, it wasn't even paid for. It was just... It was the stuff of dreams, to be honest. So we did that in 2017. And then we went selling a lot online and stuff, but it was over the phone. So you can imagine. Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah. And you can imagine how labour intensive it yeah. was. like we Taking like, de- care of details then oh, and making sure exactly. everything was okay. You yeah. know, the days before GDPR and you'd be writing it down on the back of a receipt. like yeah. um, So it was just crazy. And we had to change the business. 2017, we went properly online.
0: By the sounds of it, in your business, yeah. those kind of media outlets... Mm-hmm personalities, mm-hmm. they play a huge role, do they? Oh,
1: absolutely. You Like, I genuinely think the most important thing is to keep the customers you have. Yeah. And we do do that, you know, and I'm very, our customer service is fantastic and I know that it is and it's so important to us. But also, like, you get customers from them that you just would have never had before. Do you know what I mean? Definitely expose it. Like, we literally have people driving down from Wexford, from... And still to today, you'd have people that would call and would mention it. You know, it was the the show at the time that people went home and sat down and watched if you were into fashion, you know. You can pay now, of course, to go on the Today Show to go on Ireland AM. And from time to time, I would, of course, but it's quite expensive. Yeah. But I suppose to get an award like that that was nominated by people was just...
0: And sometimes free publicity is is actually more trustworthy as of well. Of
1: course it is. Do you know what I mean? Because people knew that that was voted by other people. Yeah. So then you have a curiosity about the shop, and you you know you'll go to it. Like and yeah, I just I have been lucky over the years. You know.
0: When you launched back mm-hmm. in two thousand twelve, you said that November launch. Mm-hmm. Did you have anybody kind of famous or did? You, like, no, I've never really invite? done
1: that. Um, it's always just been about my customers, like yeah. you know. And this year, obviously, it was a tricky one with. With COVID, so we what we did is we did a percentage off in store. We did a lucky dip at the till where yeah. my customers could win a voucher. And generally that day we'd have a big party in the shop. We'd have a DJ, we'd have champagne, we'd yes. have, you know, a big event. Obviously this year we couldn't, but we always do that every year. have a big birthday party. Just a little thank you. Like, I don't do Black Friday or anything. So for me, that's my way of saying thanks to my customers.
0: Why do you stay away from that then? Oh, I just
1: think it's such a con. Like I think yeah. I, it undervalues your what you have and... You're just getting caught up in price wars. Like I, I believe in my stock and my customers too much to bother with that. Like I think you gain new customers that are sales only customers. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the way that I want my business to go.
0: So when you set up the Facebook page in the early days, how quick did it grow? Like, because I know you have a huge it's, following. I know it's a 70 odd thousand yeah, or something like I
1: think we're about 60 on Facebook. and um, It grew really, really quickly. Like uh, it's a running joke with my friends that when we get to a certain number, we'd go out and have that many shots. Yeah. Like, and then I think it got to a thousand very, very quickly and... Even to this day, we have content every single day. Like if you're at home and you're looking for something, if you go, you'll find something on our page. You know, you'll find yeah. something on our stories. You'll find something on our feed. There'll always be something fresh and new. You know, we always kept it that way. And I think people got to know that, you know.
0: But, you know, people always question, is there a return on investment in social mm-hmm. media? Mm-hmm. You know, you obviously saw it early on.
1: I did. But the funny thing is, I've only invested in ads for the last three months. It's the first time ever I put money into social media.
0: So it was all organic all content. All
1: organic content, yeah. Yeah, for a long, long time and shout outs and just, it's just been organic growth. Um,
0: Did you do it in the early days?
1: No, no, I never paid for it. No. Did you
0: do competitions?
1: I, yes, did competitions. I, I actually only did a competition last week for 250 euro vouchers and I don't think I'll ever do one again because the amount of fake pages and everything yeah. else being set up because of it.
0: Whereas in the early days it was genuine yeah, people I presume yeah. so was it? So we did
1: do competitions and that and we did I'm trying to think what else we did to gain honest to God I know it sounds but it was genuinely just organic like and then say we did um, we do an event for, for Marymount we did a, a big one with Sheila Shoiga in the hotel oh, I think we had 6,000 women there or 600 women there sorry like that gained a lot of media publicity yeah. and then we'd get people from that you know so it's all been a kind of a circular thing where it's worked in our favour.
0: It appears to be good, I'd imagine.
1: It does, like, and people know the brand and they trust us and I genuinely think that people, one person tells another person tells another person, especially in Ireland. Yeah. Do you know?
0: Charleville, like, you know, in marketing, they, they talk about the 4Ps, product, price, promotion, but place is mm. an interesting one. hmm you're probably getting customers from Limerick, Tipperary, and Cork. That's you?
1: the other side of it. Like, there's, I, I never really understood this. The hinterland around us. There's so many towns. Like, I live in Ballyhay. I don't know. There's maybe twelve or thirteen hundred yeah. people living in Ballyhay alone. We've got Limerick, Tipperary. A lot of boutiques of clothes in Tipperary. We'd have a lot of customers in there. Limerick city has gone. They don't have much at the yeah. moment. It, hopefully, we'll build it. We'd have a lot of customers in there. Yeah, you'd have a lot of people who travel to there, an awful lot of people from Cork city would travel down to us. So yeah, I think it's a really, I genuinely think it's a good place. You know. And who's your typical customer then? Anything. Like we have such a mix. Probably from age 30 to 50, you know, you're working, busy mom. We'd have a yeah. lot of them. Um, Probably naturally so because I own the storage, you know what I yeah, mean? And I'm on yeah. socials all the time and people can relate and all of that. Like the other thing is I did open a warehouse a year and a half ago Um, because our online took off so much. So we have a separate warehouse now. And. We built onto that now again and I don't know would I have been able to afford to do that somewhere else. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, like that's the the benefit of being in a town like Charleville, you know?
0: did warehouse come off the back of the success of the website was it
1: it came off the back of the success of the website i made a small mistake i won't lie i moved to a small warehouse first was a bit nervous of myself yeah. kind of more it wasn't even a warehouse it was more of a unit that i just thought would work and it didn't um and then covid hit and our numbers went through the roof altogether i suppose we were lucky we were established people trusted us um so we have a separate warehouse now there's 16 of us at the moment and we're recruiting for two like so 16 staff yeah between the shop and the warehouse now of that only seven are full time okay the rest are part-time. I suppose a lot of them are working mums and stuff and they, they work the hours around that, you know, so kind of three or four day staff.
0: For the first six months you would know, but it was just yourself. Yeah,
1: just me, yeah. It must feel fantastic to have that it, it, It's very scary though. Like yeah. I know and everyone's like, you should be so proud, but you always have the fear of like, oh, this could change tomorrow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So in March of last year, did you get that fear? I'll never forget March of last year. March of last year, I, I genuinely thought it was three weeks. Do you remember the way we all thought yeah. this is going to be three weeks? Yeah. Like, so I sat with the girls and I actually was like I'm going to pay you because this is awful and yeah. you know if yeah. you take some holidays i pay you for the rest and we'll get through this between us Yeah. and um, I genuinely believed that and then when I had to fill out the temporary redundancy forms I was bawling like yeah. absolutely bawling Um, it was horrendous and then I kind of got onto a couple of suppliers that I knew and I trusted, and was like, "Can you get casual wear in? Can you help me out here?" I got onto Lisa and Verso, and was like, "Will you send me down some of your leggings, and I can tie them in with my stock?" Mm. And we did that, and I started trying them on at home and showing them, and the amount of oranges was just phenomenal. So between two of us, we worked on that for maybe a month or two of just getting them out. I'd go to work in the evenings, so and my husband came home and wrap and pack them in the shop and get them out.
0: And you were probably trying to do the homeschooling and all that well, kind of well, stuff as well. my two were only
1: two and three, so also thank God you weren't they, too bad. they're not too well educated. Yes, yeah. thank God. But I suppose we did have them at home, like yes. so it was fairly chaotic. I won't lie. But it, yeah, you know what? It seems like it's just a distant memory now. At this stage, um, it was very, very hard. But in saying that, for me, it transformed my business. Um, it really did. You know, or. Online has just grown and grown and grown since. Did you put more effort into it then as a result? Yeah, I definitely did. Because I suppose I always, the shop is like my baby, like my first baby Mm -hmm. and I always put effort into the shop. But I've realised that I need to focus on both. And I I was on social media all the time, obviously. And on our website. And yeah, I suppose I was working more on it. Um, What I have done for the last 12 months is spent a lot of time getting the operations of the online right now. And it's 100% right now. We get our orders out within 24 hours, you know it's all very automated and works really well now. Um, was there I,
0: problems at, uh, at the early oh, days? It was with?
1: such a huge change, yeah. you know, we we didn't have enough staff, we didn't have the packing station set up correctly, we were working with a courier that was an absolute nightmare and we were putting up with it because because we knew them, yeah. you know, we were afraid of change and <laughs> we used to manually type in addresses, you know, things that we just never spent the time to automate that now we have, you know, we come in the morning we print off our orders, it's, rules off 150 labels or whatever. You know, there's a process there. Mm-hmm. Now everything is a lot more streamlined. I've realised hugely in the last 18 months that I can't do everything, which hurts my soul because I want to do everything. But there's people in there now that are better than me at loads of things. And I it need to accept that.
0: Control is hard, isn't
1: it? Oh, so, and it's I still to, to massively that suffer with letting things go and saying, you can place that order so if you want. And every part of me wants to check it. But you have to, like you can't. Not if you want to grow. You just can't.
0: And did you find that always, like when when you were taking holidays, for example, did yeah. you like we were checking in when you were away? Always. In, you, this years? is my
1: first year ever in nine years. I went to Centre Parks two, three weeks ago with with the kids and my husband. It was my first year that I logged out of social media. Whoa. Like I've never done that. And I actually said to Neve and marketing, I was like, will you please mind my baby? Like, you know, I was like, make sure everything goes okay. And like, I am there if you need me. But if you don't, then don't. And I, there was no contact with me for the week and it did me the world of good.
0: So you act—you have your own marketing team now.
1: Team, I've new of yeah. yeah I'm still a of. team. Working to the ground, yeah, I do, yeah, yeah, I do.
0: And and she looks after.
1: She looks after social, social creating. Yeah, I still do a lot of the content on yeah. it and stuff. Um, but she looks after yeah, creating that for me. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you're very much. Probably the face of the brand, so you kind of have to be there.
1: Yeah, and I want to be. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's my brand, like, and yeah. I am the face of it. I suppose in the last twelve months, you'll see as well a lot more of my team are doing try-ons now and mm-hmm. coming on and talking. And I suppose I am trying to not make it all about me, you know, um, just to allow me some bit of a life on the side as well. Um, but at the end of the day. It, it it's mine. Like, and do you how, know? how
0: do they feel about that? Some companies have a struggle getting their staff to <laughs> no, actually even I, go in front of a camera. It's
1: very much, if, if you want to do it, you can do yeah. it. If you don't, you don't. There's enough of them there and some of them are comfortable with It, some of them aren't. I, I want it to be real. And even yeah. when they do try on clothes, I always say try on what you like. It, it comes across. Yeah. It does. The days when I try on something I don't really like, I, I can't sell it like. I can't, yeah. do you know. So I always say do what you feel you're comfortable with and...
0: And did you start talking to the camera when stories and stuff was introduced on, on Instagram? Or a whole, like...
1: I started with Snapchat. Did you? Yeah. And I don't use Snapchat anymore. I feel I'm gone too old for it. Yeah. I don't know how It's I? like a
0: messaging platform nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I
1: just, I don't use it anymore. Um, started with Snapchat and um, I really enjoy it. Do you know what? I think for me, like, I won't go into all my personal life, but like, say, five years after my sister had passed in 2018, I had had one baby and my mum got sick suddenly after I'd had an event for Marymount yeah. and... Um, My mum passed away in Marymount a couple of weeks later. But I suppose where I'm going with all of that was I found out I was pregnant actually as well at the same time. I had a lot going on in my personal life and I found that chatting about it on Instagram really helped me. I suppose so that's why the business is still a very personal business even though it's grown.
0: I suppose I came familiar with you before I became familiar with the brand. Yeah. So, you know, somebody mentioned you and I was kind of curious. I don't know who it was. It could have, you know. And um, I saw it Maeve Denny and, and... you were talking about yeah, fashion and yeah. stuff. I didn't see yeah. all the stories. Yeah, of course. But then one day on my feed, the brand changed. Yeah. And I was like, What's this Molly thing? Yeah, where I have my personal Where did this come from? Page. So where did that go? So I have
1: my personal page, Maeve Jenny. I set that up when I had my daughter Molly in the hospital. Okay. Um, so she is now, she'll be three in November. So I set it up in the hospital. I was in there for a week. Yeah. So I set up a separate page because so many people were messaging Love Cherish with personal messages from me. for oh, That my team were struggling to stay. Yeah. You know how hard it is to drop the DMs and stuff. So I set up the personal page thinking it would just be my, you know, my core customers. Yeah. And like, it just grew in the space of a year to like 17,000 people. Yeah. and it actually started to become a drain on me rather than something I enjoyed. So I decided to just park it. I literally logged out of it and told people I was going to be on the Love Cherish page. I needed to focus on the business. Yeah. I was starting to design the O'Malley range. I just had too much going on. And then when I was about to launch O'Malley, I won't lie, I was talking to Niamh
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, Virginia, I work a lot with Virginia from Up She Rises. She's a good oh, no, friend Virginia, of mine. Yeah. She's yeah. a good friend of mine. So I, I suppose she's my friend that about business stuff off you know yeah. that kind of way and um so i was on the phone to her talking to her about it and myself and neve and virginia met for coffee and we were talking about launching an instagram page and you know linking the whole thing yeah. and neve said why don't you use your maves any page you don't use it anymore and i was like god that's a really bad thing to do like and not really like, yeah. It's yeah. Inter- yeah i, I really struggled with it i'm okay. not gonna lie and she said but she said those people are following you anyway it's your brand and i was like "Is that a bit i don't know i thought it was a bit sneaky or something
0: I suppose you had an audience there that were yeah. interested in what you had to had to yeah. say. And, uh, yeah. This was a new exciting project for you, maybe?
1: Yeah, and I suppose, look, I had th- those people were following me and it was my brand that mm-hmm. I was putting out there. And I felt like, you know, if I do it, they can always unfollow. It's only launched three and a half weeks and it's gone to like twenty four or 25,000 now. Whoa. So, which is great for me because it kind of reassures me that people didn't mind me doing that.
0: Did you notice any drop off?
1: I haven't looked if I'm being honest
0: Yeah you didn't look at the no, insights No I didn't No probably, I don't really yeah, want to it. Yeah it's probably frightening There probably frightening, was isn't? some
1: though Do you know what I mean yeah, Which is completely yeah. fair enough Because I'm always saying Don't follow people That you're going to yeah. be giving out about Because there's nothing More soul destroying Like you know Life's hard enough Without following somebody and then going As b- I was going to say bitching But talking about yeah, it Do yeah. you know what I mean Before you shut off mm-hmm. the account mm-hmm. Did you see yourself Kind of like a bit of An influencer in fashion see, This is the funny thing right this is the funny thing is that I set up that page genuinely as a kind of a way to talk to my customers yeah. so that they could reach me. And then all of a sudden I would go somewhere and they'd offer me something and yeah. I started to get really uncomfortable with the whole thing because... I struggled with the whole influencer marketing anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I just, it wasn't for me. And then it just became to the point where I was awkward if I went to one place to get, say, my hair done. I felt awkward on the place I'd gone to the last time or whatever it might be. And I just couldn't do it anymore.
0: Why they were giving you discounts or free stuff. Yeah, and it gets awkward because I run a business.
1: I know how bloody hard it is. Do you know what I mean? And so, and like I I can afford to pay for the stuff, do you know? So I don't, it just, it feels awkward and they're being nice to me, offering it to me and then I'm feeling awkward and then, And all of a sudden you say yes to one thing and you're like, why did I say yes to that? Like, it's a whole other debate now. But I think influencers, like, it's it's a lot of pressure to be tying into, like, putting up so many stories Mm and so many days. And it's just not for me. I'm not an organized enough person anyway.
0: Yeah. And I suppose the fact that people are getting paid for it and stuff like that it can be, you know, a challenge to you're building an audience where people fall in love with what you're doing. Yeah. And then you're trying to sell them something else, maybe. It yeah. Probably,
1: and that's probably why I haven't done much from a business point of view. I haven't used many influencers or done yeah. any kind of collaborations, I suppose, because I struggle and I I can see both sides in mm-hmm. my job. And I struggle with them one day promoting me and then tomorrow they're on promoting eye clothing or, or whatever yeah. it might be, you know. And for me, I'm like, well, which one did you actually like, you know?
0: Yeah. The influencers, they do a lot of these kind of collaborations with Mm. the international brands, Mm -hmm. like Pretty Little Thing Mm -hmm. and, you know, ASOS Mm -hmm. and stuff. How how do you find that? Because that's outside coming in. Yeah,
1: and I do struggle with it. I particularly struggle with it when I'm following some and they're... Pushing a brand that I stock and that loads of boutiques in Ireland stock, and they're pushing the brand directly in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Like that—that that I struggled with. I'm like, could you not have come to uh, yeah. somebody else? But at the end of the day, that's their job too. I—I I, I do. I have a huge like. I can never fully decide where I sit with the whole thing, but I think there's a certain amount of them that are out there that stick to what they stick mm. to, and then they've built their trust. And I think there's a certain amount of them that are out there to make money and they're yeah. good businesswomen and blessings of God in them, but it's not for my business.
0: Some of them have probably built an audience just like you did. Mm. So when you said you talked about personal stuff Mm -hmm. like that that must have been tricky as well like if you're talking about family issues.
1: Do you know what? It's just who I am. Do you know? And like I suppose the fact that when I had opened the business six months in Karen had passed it became part of the business you know and then when Marymount became such a big part of the business that when my mum was in Marymount suddenly I was going to talk about that. Yeah. And it sounds so cheesy and probably if I heard somebody, I'd say it, but I love that I can help some people. I love yeah. that some people contact me and they're struggling and they're, they've lost someone and they're like, I can tell them nearly the pathway that's ahead of them. And, mm. and I do love that. Yes, it has gotten so big now that I struggle to talk to people when they message me all the time, but yeah. I do try. And I know I've helped people over the years. I spoke about when I had IVF for my my boy and a lot of people came to me about that. Um, and I spoke to loads of women about mm. what I did and what thought would help them. And you know what? If I can do that, then why not? Like
0: You kind of understood that there was real people. though they, These yeah. weren't just numbers oh on a page. Oh, God,
1: no. Jesus, no. I could name out a couple of hundreds of them off the yeah. top of my head. like, And I know I have helped some. I'm sure that I've maybe lost some followers talking about personal yeah. stuff as well. But I love where the business has gone. But I love what I can do because of it as well. Do you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Which you've had a positive impact on people as well. If yeah. you're helping them going yeah. through a, a tough time. Yeah. And am I right in saying... O'Malley came about from all of this.
1: Yeah, I suppose O'Malley came about then. So last year we were selling an absolute fortune of hoodies and leggings and comfy clothes. I suppose I was thinking ahead to next year saying, "Okay, this is great. It's getting me through a huge part of my business. But I do love clothes. I genuinely do. And I suppose every shop in the country is now on social media. And they're, you know, that's fair enough. And they weren't, I suppose we did have a little bit of a... We were ahead of the game, I suppose, along with some other boutiques back along. And I just felt like we needed to differentiate ourselves somehow. I kind of connected on social media with Mo. Um, she's actually from Kerry originally, um, Mo Morris, um, that owns um, Morris Fashion Consultancy in Dubai. And I, I suppose I've been following her stories about building a brand. She does a lot of workshops and stuff and she works at Leo as well you know, doing build a brand workshops and stuff. But of course, I wanted the shortcut. Like I was like, can I just go directly to you and can yeah. we build a brand between us? Um, I messaged her and I said, you might think I'm absolutely crazy, but I really want to do my own brand. Um, obviously, I don't, I'm not a designer. Mm. I need help with fabrics. I need help with how to do, I don't know how to do tech packs. I don't know what factories to go to. I don't know yeah. which are good and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we started working it straight away. And the first delivery came in three weeks ago and we're almost sold out.
0: And where is it made?
1: Um, it's made in China, okay. um, which was originally going to be made in India. And then obviously with COVID and how bad it is out there, we couldn't. And if i am being honest, probably maybe shouldn't say this, but I'll say it anyway. When I went to Mo and we were suggesting which factories would work yeah. the best and she suggested China. I'll be honest. I thought, oh, really? Is that not, would it be a bit cheap and cheerful? Yeah. Um, and then the samples came with tags on them. I won't say that the, the, the names, but they were high end brands like, yeah. do you know, and yeah. it's really interesting because I think sometimes we all question smaller brands like, you know, where was that ethically made? How did you make that? We don't go into large chain stores and question the really high-end brands that we all like to look at. So the quality has been excellent. I've dealt directly with the factory. They've sent me videos. I've sent in auditors, I, you know, to go in and audit the factory, the yeah, work, brilliant. the whole thing there and see how it worked. And uh, it's been fantastic. I'm, and I'm going to go with them again for my spring, summer.
0: Who's the audience for this? Is it your customers from from Love Cherish or, uh, or is it a it's, different? It's,
1: it's both. It's, it's very much my style, my own personal style. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit nervous as to it's not going to be for everyone. It's not going to be for all of my customers. Yeah. Um. You know, it's very much kind of wearable every day, throwing on with your biker boots and your runners kind of a look. Yeah, It isn't going to be for everyone. I was so nervous of that, but we seem to have the market for it. We definitely have got a lot of new customers since we launched it. You know, I was very lucky. Barbara Power from The Independent, I met at the time with the Expose Awards and she put in an article in The Independent mm-hmm. about it, which kind of, you know, again, other people started to look at it because of that. She would be very well respected in the fashion industry, you know. Um, it seems to be a mix of new and love cherished customers.
0: And it's what you're wearing in front of yeah, me right now. Of course, now. yeah. <laughs> Very prominent stripe.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Where did that come what? from My with a green stripe?
1: husband had a bomber jacket at home um, uh, with a cuff on it, yeah. and I had like a. Flowery dress on me one day and I was like let's I wonder with that would they work could we make that more feminine you know and that's where I kind of went with it then for the first collection this won't be every collection Yeah. the funny thing was I live on the Cork-Limerick border and of course Limerick won the All-Ireland literally the week that I was launching my product with all the green in it the green voice. oh stop but yeah that's where it came from it won't be like I'm not this is just literally the first collection do you know what I mean so you my, won't be just sticking to green and white? You, no, you're, no. You're not going to
0: go down the route of maybe what Burberry did no, and be very, no, no, you know, no. have now, certain brand colours. No,
1: no, I am struggling with it. I won't lie because it's very, um, like, you know, I'm wearing this. Yes. And people have said to me that they were walking in their local town or whatever, and they've or they've been in Mahon Point and they've spotted somebody wearing O'Malley. And I love that. Yeah. So I kind of had to revisit my spring summer mm-hmm. and be like, are we going to try and make it stand out again in a yeah. certain way? So we're just playing around with a few things at the moment.
0: It differentiates you from your competition. Mm-hmm. And it is something that uh, I often talk about. Remarkable, it's something mm-hmm. that something that's worth talking about because people mm. say that's different. That's a yeah. di- That's a, a design they haven't seen before. Yeah,
1: and that's I suppose even the the tagline is same but different. Like so, it's still comfy clothing and everything, but it's just a level up from lockdown. Yeah, you're not going to get it anywhere else. Like it's unique. We did design it like and, you know, so it's just it's ours. And I love that.
0: And like when you say you designed it. So like who drew it and how does that work?
1: The way it works is basically like you literally draw a little picture of a dress and what you. So obviously I have no background in this and say the the pepem on this. I know you won't know what that is, but I suppose I know a lot from clothes in the in the warehouse and all that are the clothes that we sell. And I've said things like, what about if we put a puff shoulder in that because it would make your waist look smaller? Yeah. And what about if we put the V higher and this or that when you yeah. bent over, you can't see things. And, you know, it's been a case of pulling it together that way. Then the she has, Mar- and Mo has a team in Dubai then that will do the drawings, the tech packs. They send you samples of material. They dip dye them then see if they can get the colours. You can see if that can be achieved. Then you get samples, you send them back up about 700 times. Then you wash them to make sure they wash properly. You wear them. Do you know, it's... just a
0: huge process involved. So say
1: at the moment, all right, for spring, summer 22, and I am kind of late doing it, I won't lie, but it was more a fear for how the reaction would be to my own. My samples are now ready, so I'll get my samples in the next week. And then there'll be things like, I don't think the fabric is good enough for this. I think this needs to be lined. I think this needs to sit higher so you can wear comfortably. You know, just, it'll be loads of different changes and stuff. And then they'll resend me new samples and... Yeah, there's a lot involved, but it's fabulous. So
0: exciting! Very exciting. Very different world from going back to that healthcare twenty one. Yeah, it was oh, it's whole I different. know.
1: I know. And I, I know. I'm, sometimes my husband and Virginia would say this to me. They're like, "Would you just take a moment and be proud of how yeah. far might you've achieved and stuff?" But I'm just like, "What do we do next? What do we do next?" Like, I just love it. Like, I genuinely. Love it. And I loved with the Omali that I kind of in my little secret for the last year, you yeah. know, that I haven't told people about and because my yeah. life is so public and don't get me wrong, yeah. that's my choice. Yeah. But it was so lovely to have a secret to work oh, on fantastic. and yeah. just, yeah, like it was made a lot of Sundays because in Dubai, that would be the Monday. And so a yeah. lot of Sundays and at home, we were doing Zoom calls and going through stuff. And it's just been such a learning process as well. You know, I things that I would have never understood before. You have huge ambitions for the brand I'd say. have you? I love it like I'm yeah. excited about it I, we have already been contacted about the stories about wholesaling it but I'm going to just sit with it for the first couple of seasons and see how it goes and see the feedback and then make a decision on there what to do and keep it exclusive for yourselves like at the moment yeah but I, I won't lie I am half thinking will I sell it to some other shops mm-hmm. down the line Um. If I do, I would be very, very selective about who. But for me, I'm a shopper that still loves to go in and pick something up and feel it. Like I'm excited now to be in town today and have a browse around and pick stuff up. And I am more inclined to to buy it then, you know. So so maybe I do need to do that, but it definitely won't be in the next year.
0: So at the moment, if somebody wanted to I suppose, touch it, feel it, mm-hmm. try it on. They, they can only do that in your store. Yeah. And do you think there's a huge market still out there that, like, are they fed up with the online shop that they spent so much
1: time online? You know what? When we were reopening the store, I was so nervous. Like, yeah. I genuinely thought, God, the girls have been off work for quite some time. And I, I kind of got it done up a little bit while it was closed, because obviously we yeah. could do that. And I, I thought, God, this isn't going to work. Like, and I, I spoke to my accountant about doing a separate P&L for the following, you know, for the year from when we reopened, just to make sure it was it was a a viable business I am blown away by how busy the shop is like it is so busy like eh, the online is going really really well it's absolutely flying but I am just I'm fascinated by how busy the shop is and I think it genuinely is customer experience Every single day, and I'm not lying when I say this, I get a message saying, I called into your shop, the girls are so helpful. Like, we are a shop in Charlville, we have three people on every day working, so that there's someone there to help you. Yeah. A lot of our customers want help. They want us to be like, I have a wedding, what will I wear? Or I think a lot of people coming out of lockdown too are like, okay, I put on a stone, I have no idea what yes. to put on me. And they want yeah. that bit of help, do yeah. you know. Or we've been in for so long, and wearing our comfies for so long that we, there's a panic if you get a wedding invitation. Do you know what You're I mean? Like so, ends, yeah, literally, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> um, even though I don't work that much anymore now I won't lie but um, yeah it's been going really really well I actually think I think it's doing better than it was before
0: and would you think of opening another no, shop never, no never ever
1: ever I get asked this all no. the, even when I had out a little teaser you know about yeah. O'Malley it's like what do you think it is yeah. and I would say 90% of the responses where you're going to open a shop in the city and yeah no way no,
0: no. you won't come to the city because obviously we, we spoke about it at the very mm. start. You mm. know, you're originally from the north mm. end of the city. You, you wouldn't think about coming back to
1: that. Do you know what? I have thought about it over the years. I won't lie. Um, But I honestly think I would double my stress. Yeah. And I definitely wouldn't double my profits. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, I love what I do, but it's a business. Do you know? It yeah. is. Like, it's my kid's future at the end of the day. Like, and I just think, and I'm. I am a control freak, like, and I love popping into the mm. shop every day and love talking to the few customers and seeing that everything is like. I do go in and say to the girls, "You just fix the curtain in the dressing room there, yeah. and will really you make sure the doors of the stockroom is closed." Little things that Little I things. Yeah. would be very proud of how well my yeah. store looks all the time. And I, I think I'd end up on the road up and down every day, and I, I think I'd struggle to maintain the same level of customer service and to make sure that it was still one hundred percent on brand. Like I just, I like where I'm at.
0: So maybe the O'Malley brand. On sale in a shop in the city might be.
1: Yeah, that might be an option yeah. down the line. It might be, but not not anytime soon. Okay.
0: <laughs> Has any orders come in from overseas?
1: Yeah, loads. Jeez, we've shipped loads to Canada. I think oh. a lot of it is though, um, Irish people living abroad that want yeah. something. And I get that. Do you know, you want something this Irish design. Yeah. You know, we all miss home when we're not at home. You know, yeah. so we've sent to Australia, Dubai, Canada, um, UK. Yeah, we shipped a lot abroad.
0: So the last time I asked Shane two questions and I'm going to ask you two questions as well
1: and can I I'll be honest with you yeah. I listened to the interview and I can't remember what the two questions yeah. were I loved his interview I was fascinated that Corey's bought the brewery yeah so oh yeah uh, before we move on to the questions <laughs> I get sidetracked would you sell would I sell what my would business would you sell the brand yeah. no, no. no no not at all no maybe in years to come but not at the moment no are you the first business owner in your family yes so it was something
0: totally different.
1: Yeah, it was. But like I, I grew up at my mum. Do you remember Halpin's restaurant? Yeah. My mum managed that at night time for like 15, 18 years and my dad worked by day. So I grew up in a house where work was a huge part of our lives, you know? Yeah. So you saw a strong workplace. Oh, I was life, sent in life. there at 15. It yeah. was the Tall Ships and Cork and I was sent in waitressing in Halpin's. Like, So I've always been sent out to work. So the two questions
0: I asked Shane. Mm-hmm. The first one is there's lots of other businesses going to be listening to this. Mm-hmm. If you were to give them one tip now after your experience of, of building both love, cherish Mm -hmm. and know Mm -hmm. on on, on a journey, I suppose, with with Mm -hmm. O'Malley, what tip would you give them? Uh,
1: I suppose for me, because social media is such a huge part of my business, I would just say be consistent, stop being consumed what other people are doing, Mm -hmm. set up your strategy and be consistent and stick to it and it will work in time. You know, you just have to be consistent and And not go through a load of content one week and hardly any the next week and bits and pieces of everything. Like, allow your brand to be what it is and people know it and get comfortable with it and they know what they're going on to see, you know?
0: And is there certain channels they should focus on or should they try all of them?
1: I try all of them. It's different for every business. For me, it's Facebook and Instagram 100%. But I think people underestimate Facebook now. People are like, oh, Facebook is gone. I've generated over 100,000 this year in sales from Facebook alone. You know, don't want to underestimate it, like. And is that true? clicks through to the website? Yeah. Was that with paid ads? No, this is before we paid ads. Organic, yeah. And in terms of Instagram then? Instagram would be three times that though. Would it? Yeah, yeah. and I think Instagram shop is the way things are going, isn't it? But I think people are starting to forget about Facebook. It's like, oh, that's gone. It, It certainly isn't like... But if you were to quantify
0: the, mm-hmm. the amount of time that's put in, like uh, how many hours a week would be put into social?
1: Not a huge volume at all. Yeah. I mean, we already have all of the images because of um having them for the website. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, OK, we might video a couple, we do three reels a week and we try and do one IGTV a week. That isn't a huge amount of time yeah, at it's, all. Like, It's not massive. In, no, in not terms at of all. Commitment. No, and it's totally doable. And if of was on holidays next week, I'd do it and I could work it into my, my routine, you know.
0: So the Molly? brand at the moment, you're you're starting to do advertising for that mm-hmm.
1: no we haven't yet
0: oh no it was just the other brand advertising
1: no we haven't no we've done no pay no I'm not going to pay for them Ali, No, I want the I want it to start the way love cherishes I want it to be organic I want people to to come to it because they want to and see and I, I, I may completely change my mind in six months time but at the moment it's, it, it'll be organic
0: but social has already helped develop that brand from oh, the start oh 100% yeah, yeah. So that fifteen, sixteen thousand 16,000 people you had gathered or whatever mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. that's quantifiable in terms, that was worth building over those years. I know you didn't yeah. do it on purpose, but yeah. it was...
1: Oh, in uh, hindsight, absolutely. But I suppose I, I don't know, could I have done it if I had planned it? So would you advise other businesses
0: as well for their owners to kind of mm-hmm. come up from behind the brand?
1: No, I don't think you need to do as much because people do ask me that. Do I have to share everything? That's a personal choice yes. that I do, you know what I mean? And I've, I've definitely backed away from that a lot more in the last two years because I'm so busy with the kids and everything. But I don't think you need to do that. But I do think you need to tell your brand story. Like everybody has a story. It doesn't have to be a sad story like I have. Like it can just be how you decided to open your business. You know, what has worked in your business since. I think it's very beneficial to share that. I think, you know, your general customers are interested in it, but also other businesses are interested in it. And in that alone, you'll grow your audience, you know.
0: You never used Twitter, did you?
1: No, I went on it. I'm on it. Like, I went on it. You know, when, like, Sheila Shoiga like would wear something belonging to me and stuff. I think for my business, Twitter is more so when a celebrity wears your piece.
0: Yeah, if it appears on TV or something like yeah, that. It more works so than well. anything
1: else. But other than that, I'm not really, like, I'm trying to get back into LinkedIn. Everyone is telling me I need to.
0: Yeah, and what about YouTube?
1: <sighs> never used it. But now that we're looking at putting videos on our website with Shopify, it looks like it might be the avenue that we'll have to go down. So... Again, like I would love to pretend that I am this social media guru, yeah. but I'm not. I'm learning as I go. But you have to be open to everything, I think.
0: Any crazy dances like the Jerusalem dance on TikTok or anything um, like I've that? I've done a
1: few mad things on reels. Like there's one reel of me recently and I actually cringe when I think about it. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> it. It has like 60,000 views and it's me jumping around like an absolute <laughs> lunatic. But the reality was that day, right, we'd gotten our first delivery in. Mm. Bearing in mind, no customers even knew about O'Malley yet. Yeah. Our first delivery had arrived in. The boxes came with my branding on it. I, the excitement I can't explain and then I went in to record a reel and if you look even my own friends were like May if you look a bit crazy I probably was crazy do you know it's what I a, mean
0: the but... adrenaline was probably kicking in and... <laughs> so
1: I've done a few actually I do find the funny reels get a much higher um, reach so I'm totally comfortable being an idiot like
0: and have you set up a TikTok channel
1: no we haven't well, no, we have but we haven't used it much but Why do you I teach the
0: audiences to you?
1: No, it's not that. I think we do need to use it, to be honest. I think we really need to get yeah. on it properly. We've used it a little bit and then we come off it. And so I'm telling you to be consistent and I'm not being consistent. And but no, it's hard. As you yeah. said,
0: you've you've, you've one girl doing yeah. marketing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I suppose we're still focused on Instagram and Facebook, if I'm being honest, like, you know, probably because we do so well from them.
0: And Instagram is, uh, I'd often say, it's the beautiful network. It's It's where everything is really... It's fantastic for leisure, fashion, yeah. food, yeah. you yeah. know.
1: I think, though, there's a lot more realness now, isn't there, do you think?
0: bit more. bit yeah. more,
1: yeah. I so do think Instagram is kind of where it's at, though, that you can shop it so easily and everything else, you know.
0: It is, and people scroll through and they're mm. looking for suggestions, looking for ideas. Yeah, and, and
1: even the way now your real suggestions come up and all the rest of it, like, uh, yeah, it's probably my favourite at the moment.
0: So the other question. Mm-hmm was one tip for an individual. So let's let's take you back to being that person that was in a very secure job. Mm-hmm.
1: A good pensionable job, as good my dad dad said. Good <laughs> pensionable job.
0: What's the tip you'd give them?
1: I always say, like, just... Now, it does depend on where you're at in your life because I constantly have people come to me about opening up a business. If you can afford to take a risk and you believe that there's a market there for mm-hmm. it and you're willing to put in the work, give it a go. I also had a kid's business, sorry, in between over the years and it failed. Like, But oh, I but I tried and I always say... I. I would rather try and fail than not have tried, you know? Like, at least I can say I tried. I think there's a big thing in Ireland where people are like, what will they say if it doesn't mm-hmm. work out? Nobody can say anything if they yeah. didn't try it themselves. Yeah, Do you know, like... I, I just think you know better to try and fail like then don't be afraid of fail absolutely not there's no shame in it do you know what I mean you're the one who went out and tried to do it in the first place so fair play like and
0: was it a kids clothing shop
1: yeah kids clothing shop in Charleville I did it with a friend of mine Um, mm. in hindsight I didn't have kids at the time we didn't have a, a kind of a name a nameless type brand that you could pick up your yeah. few bits in and we were very close to done stores like we could have continued on with it but never we would have been paying our wages you know
0: was that before or after? It was in
1: between. I don't what year was it? It was probably around two thousand and fourteen, I'd say. You know, a struggle and I was doing it with somebody else, a good friend of mine, we're still really good friends. Um, we had to make a decision and call it and between the two of us we just said there isn't huge profit in this like. I but, think kids' clothing now that I have them too, I've realized they wreck their clothes.
0: Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> There's probably a niche market for a kind of it's either very, very kind of cheap, yeah, or probably expensive for yeah. good good but occasions do you know what? Like...
1: there's a, a shop in Charlottesville now called CC and Boo and they do all name it and do you know it's grand it's like you didn't buy in pennies you didn't spend a fortune and it's still nice on them do you know it didn't dent your confidence though did oh it? god no I mean and again I genuinely believe I suppose look there was a little bit of pride in my ego and I'm so yeah. used to being oh this succeeded and that succeeded the same as with O'Malley if it didn't my pride would have been massively hurt because about a week before I launched O'Malley I was really nervous and Steve and my husband you know was trying to pair it back and he's like What's the worst that could happen here? Yeah. And I was like, you know, we lose the money. And he's like, but that money's spent. It's gone. Fine. Forget about it. So he's like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I was like, my ego, like my pride. Yeah. Like, and he was like, you'll have to get over it. Like, so. And again, I felt with O'Malley, I, t- I tried. Do you know what? I tried and I poured my heart into it. And if it didn't work out, there's nobody down the road that tried to create mm-hmm. their brands that could talk about me, you know.
0: Is it a serious investment in, in yeah, terms of getting huge. that
1: kind of stock in? Absolutely huge, yeah. Talking um, Oh, up to 100,000. Yeah, yeah. it was like it was a huge risk. Um, But, you know, my business is a company, so you can't exactly take out money out of your company anyway. Do you know what I mean? So you invested in something. And uh, for me, that was my choice. I mean, my accountant may not have agreed with me, but that was what I chose to invest it in. And and I'm glad I did.
0: And the overall business is like with, has a 14 staff like I know 16, some of yeah. 16, yeah. 7 of them are part time mm. is it turning over a uh, uh, decent yeah. amount?
1: Yeah it is <laughs> a very decent amount it's great it's fantastic the growth has been fantastic
0: and have you seen its steady growth <laughs> yeah. over the years? Yeah
1: say this year year to date we a couple of hundred thousand ahead last year Whoa. like yeah, so look, But there has they, to be if you're yeah. increasing your staff like that it has to, has be, to be you yeah. know and look turnover is great yeah. what's that saying turnover is turnover turnover is vanity profit, profit is, is sanity vanity. and that's yeah. what it's all about you can be turning over the biggest numbers ever and be everybody think you're amazing like yeah. you need to be making money at the end of the day you know
0: and it is making money I presume
1: oh god yeah thank god like you would want to be. I work hard enough. Like Yeah, but you're getting
0: the rewards <laughs> no, for, I am. for you know, I am. nine years in.
1: Absolutely. And I live and breathe it, but I am like, and I, I, yeah, it's definitely, it's a good business.
0: So coming out of COVID, you know, 10 years is coming up next year. Will you have, be having that big party again? Uh,
1: 10 years now, my goal is to get to, I haven't told my husband this, he'll kill me. I promised him I'd do nothing next year. Um, my goal next year is to reach 100,000 from Marymount. So I'm hoping with the t-shirts from O'Malley to raise about 10 grand from Marymount. And then I'll be at 76,000. So there's so a I t-shirt to...
0: dedicated to them, yeah. is there?
1: Yeah, I designed one t-shirt with um, the imperfect heart from the logo on it. It's in the shipment that's due and all of the profits and that are oh. going to go to Marymount. I'm going to cover the VAT on them as well. Fantastic. Um, so I'm hoping to raise about 10 grand for Marymount from that and then I'll have like 20 odd thousand to raise next year. That's my goal, my 10 year goal. Big party to celebrate. Oh, massive party. Well. I want to celebrate everything. I want all the parties, like. Your mum and sister would be very proud oh, of you. Oh, absolutely. Say, like... They should be. I've worked my arse off, like.
0: Yeah, like. <laughs> from that one idea that crazy idea mm. to take a, a shop in Charleville mm. yeah, which wouldn't be known as the fashion capital to world, no offence to anyone <laughs> living in Charleville It is
1: now <laughs> Yeah
0: but you've, you've made a community there you've no, put I employment there No
1: And they would be proud of me and like obviously I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant but they would be proud of me I think they'd be proud of what I've done with yeah. it as well do you know like I have a huge platform and And I have used it for a lot of good things that I enjoy doing. And I do love that side of it. Like if you ask me my favourite memories of the last few years, it would be all the times that I gave money to Marymount or participated in something with them because it meant so much to me, you know.
0: And have they done anything that you kind of noticed up there or is it just going into care and...
1: and oh, like they're just phenomenal up there. Look, yeah. please God, you you won't have any experience yeah. there. But when you do, you'll understand. Like yeah. when my mum passed there, um, when mum was sick towards the very end, they told yeah. us that, it, you know, she only had a week or so to go. My biggest concern was getting her to Marymount. Yes. And my dad was kind of saying, oh, I don't know if she might be, you know, she might freak. Cause obviously, Karen passed away there five years previously. And the minute we said it to her, she's like, yeah, not a bother, yeah. you know, because the care you get up there and... Ned was only four months when mum passed away I was able to bring him in and put, her on the, put him oh. on the bed every day with her you're not going to get that anywhere else and I think at that point in someone's life there's nothing you can give them you yeah. know that you know they're dying and I've been lucky enough with, with the two people in my life that passed away for them to be in there with no pain with all of their family around them you know anything they want they'll get you know we were allowed to sleep up there you know it's it's the only gift you can give someone at that point you know and if you get the I know not everyone gets that chance but if you do you're so grateful for it like I can really see why you'd want to get the 100,000 Oh yeah I'm obsessed with it like (laughs) It will happen Oh I will Oh no it will like You know
0: they do so much great work for Cork people in general Oh I think
1: everyone has been touched by them like I think that's why everyone supports it when I do like last year we did um, when Covid hit then I decided I could actually probably do something with this so I um, bought in all these kind of designer masks and we sold them from Marymount Yeah, and um, I think we made like 26,000 out of that. No, it was a way a task, too big a task to take on and it was took over my life, but it was brilliant to do, you know. So uh, but everybody wanted to buy them because everybody knows somebody that has been there or that had home care from them. Maybe not Merrimount, but a hospice in the country, you know. What did your dad think of it all? Yeah, my dad, no, I'll meet him down in a minute outside Roach's stories as he says. Yeah. Um and he like he's he's very proud of me and like anything I do then he's like, make sure you get the picture in the echo, give him the check so people know you gave the check. Do you know? What
0: is he... it about people from the city? <laughs> oh, They're obsessed with the echo. If yeah. there's not a
1: picture in the echo, it didn't happen like yes. so like he loves that. Um but He'll always ground me. Like I brought him into the warehouse last week to show him that we have built the second floor yeah. and the lift and all that, and he's always like, "That's great, now, girl, that's great. Like you took a risk and it worked, but it mightn't work the next time." Do you mm-hmm. know? He'll always, you know, pull me back down, like do in a good may- way.
0: Does he think you made the right decision leaving the pensionable uh, job? So he
1: does, and he's very proud of me because, like, you know, people would meet him and say to him, and he yeah. is, but he'd never allow me to to get carried away with myself. You know? Yeah. Do you know? And I like that. I need that. Everybody need, needs that. You, need you know. To be um, so like, yeah, he's. And like if I ever mentioned figures, because you know, obviously there's very few people I trust with the figures and my dad would be one of them and he was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might say, Jesus, it was phenomenal today in the shop. I don't know what was going on, you know. He'd say, yeah, that's now because the Children's Downs came out on Tuesday. (laughs) It's never just a good day. There's a reason for it. It You know what I mean? Or the window was good or the window window was bad. Or Or, I heard in the radio, something about something's on and that's why you're busy. And I'm like, it is, Sean, it is, like you know.
0: But he understands the world as well. And you know, by he's probably right in some ways. You he know? is,
1: he is. And you know, it's funny when you say he understands the world, he always knows more about what's going on than I do because yes. I'm so caught up in work that mm. sometimes I feel I'm in my own bubble and he'd give out to me that, did you not see the news? The driver is now for Brexit in the UK yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, oh no, I missed that. And he's like, ah, you don't know what's going on. But I just don't don't always have time, you know?
0: But he's probably right. And it's something that, uh, you know, the external environment, yeah. political fact, all those yeah. things have an impact on oh, your no, business Oh and
1: he's 100% well. right. And that's why I need him. So I need yeah. him to sit down every Sunday, read all the papers and then relay it to me.
0: So I better not leave him wait too much longer <laughs> no, outside <I> roaches <laughs> or he, he'll kill me. It's been fantastic to speak Thanks to so you. Much. Look forward to seeing where where, where the O'Malley brand yeah. in particular goes over the next few years. Mm. It's brilliant to see a Cork brand. And in I suppose in, in clothing. Um, there's no reason why we shouldn't have top brands from from this county as well so i'm looking forward to seeing that and of course to continue to grow it and love cherish brilliant love it thanks 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 a million for coming in thanks for listening to this week's episode of the 24 stories podcast don't forget to subscribe to the show and get in touch with us on facebook instagram twitter and linkedin at 24 stories tribe i'll be back next week with a brand new guest